what is the qualification to get in the room? In GoBundance, it just happens to be you have to have a net worth of $2 million. And if you have that, then you're qualified to be in the room. So even if you're the guy in GoBundance that has a $2 million, $1 net worth, and you're the lowest guy on the totem pole, you qualify to be in the room. So whatever it is that qualifies you to be there, it could just be an invite to the dinner. But the reality is, if somebody invites you to do something, then you qualify. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Have you ever found yourself feeling like a fraud in a room full of experts? Do you ever find yourself going to an event or to a meetup or even just having a conversation around a dinner table and you feel like you're not qualified to speak or have a discussion? This is normal human nature and we need to figure out how to get through it. In today's episode, we're going to unravel the mystery of imposter syndrome and really discover how you can harness your own superpowers to get through that. You need to say goodbye to self-doubt and embrace your true potential. This is a game changer and you're not going to want to miss this. So again, I want to stress, like we all feel this um, from time to time and it never ends. I've got some mentors that, you know, crush it on stages. They're some of the most inspiring people I've ever met and they have to hype themselves up ahead of time. In fact, one of my favorite books ever is The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. In fact, I have a PDF that I got my hands on years ago um, that's a 14-page version, just a condensed version of The Hero's Journey. And if you know this episode inspires you or you really want to break through and find your full potential, shoot me a text at 480-531-7519 and just send me the word hero and, and I'll send you that PDF. But anyway, if you've ever felt like you don't belong, you know, that question, like, why would anybody listen to me? Why would somebody buy from me? Why would somebody invest with me? We all feel that. In fact, I was just having this conversation um, with a group of people at an, an Emerge event recently with Jamie Gruber. And we were talking about all of this. And I remember when I started my first business, I was 24 years old. And I remember walking into this room um, for a pre-bid meeting on a job that was going to be like a $3 million project. It was a huge project. And again, I'm 24 years old. And I sit down at this table. There's probably, you know, six or seven representatives from this multinational billion dollar, multi-billion dollar corporation called Barrett Gold. And so there's six or seven representatives from, from them. And then there's, you know, probably 10 of my new competitors because we had just started this business. And there was only one seat left at the table. And it's right next to my previous boss. This guy's name was John. And John had taught me a lot in my previous business. He was the estimator, project manager. He was the number two guy in the company that I'd worked for, for, you know, four or five years, whatever it was. And he was, again, my mentor. So I sit down next to this guy and I remember feeling so small in this room full of experts, like I said in the intro. And I, I, I'm feeling this imposter syndrome. I'd felt it before in my life, but this was like one of the first most profound experiences. 24 years old, 
just started my business. All these guys around the table have been doing work for this company for years. And I remember feeling like everybody was just looking at me, just wondering, like, why would anybody do business with this young kid? And I remember having this feeling. And I I remember also talking to myself like, Mike, get it together you know, you're kind of like prepping yourself up. It's like, it's like Rocky before a boxing match. Right. And I I caught myself and I'm like, snap out of it. Like, even if I didn't get this job, it's not the end of the world. And so I just kind of settled in, I got comfortable and to make a long story short, got through the meeting. This is funny. After the meeting, John Sawinski, he walks up to me and he says, the least you could have done is change the color of your hard hat because, you know, there's four or five hard hat colors. Like there's white, yellow, blue. Um, we had started our company and I just had a blue hard hat on. And he's mad, obviously. He's not really mad about the color of my hard hat. He's mad because we're his new competitor. He's mad because I'm bidding against him. He's mad because I started a company. And actually, what he's probably really mad about, one of the main reasons why we started the company, the guy that owned the previous company I worked for was actually going to sell it to four or five of us. And John was one of those. And so we were going to be partners with him. And, you know, I've always said that anything with two heads is a monster. You got to have a clear delineation of, you know, who's in charge, who's responsible. But, you know, when I started thinking about five of us owning this company, I was like, no way. So me and a partner went and, you know, started our own business. So I think John was mad for a lot of reasons. Um, You know, we had the guts to go start this business, which, you know, John never did. Um, but at the end of the day, he wasn't mad about the hard hat. He was mad that I was now his competitor. But anyway, back to me, feeling like an imposter. Anyway, you fast forward, we ended up getting that job. And, you know, within a couple of years, like we had taken so much market share, not only from that competitor, we were the largest plumbing and HVAC service provider in that city. And I'm not going to go into the details around that. But what I realized from all of this is like, we just have to put our head down and do the work. And so when we start asking ourselves, you know, am I qualified to be in the room? Ask a simple question. How did you get in the room? If I was invited to that pre-bid meeting by this company, then what does that mean? That means that they thought that I was qualified to be in the room. And even if I was the least qualified to be in the room, I was still qualified to be in the room. And this is what we have to remember at the end of the day. So, you know, there's a couple other things. When I first started raising capital, it it brings me back to a point in time where um, when I had first started my business and, well, there's actually multiple times with this, but I had first started my business and we were doing pretty well, but we couldn't get a bank loan yet. You know, usually it takes two years of business financials. I had just started and I didn't have a strong personal balance sheet. So we're doing well, but we've got a receivables problem. You know, it's taken some of our clients in the construction industry and some of these big miners and the people we were working for, it's taken 30 days, 60 days, sometimes 90 days to get paid. And so you're floating these receivables. This is something that they don't teach you about. I didn't go to business school. I'm sure they teach you this in business school, but this isn't something that like when people are encouraging you to start your own business, that they're just, you know, telling you about. And, and so I've got these receivables and need some way to float this cash flow. And so I go to a guy that I knew was kind of a private money lender and I was telling him my problem. He was also a great mentor of mine already. So I'm telling him this problem. And so he kind of works me through it, gives me advice. And then at the end of it, he's like, do you want me to extend you, you know, like a a line of credit? And I'm like, oh, you would do that? He's like, yeah. And so we start talking about collateral. Like, what do you have for collateral? Anyway, long story short, we get this deal done and he loans me money. And I remember thinking like, why would this guy loan me money? And this is the guy that talks about character, collateral, and credit. I already had some character with him. I had some collateral, not a lot, but he, you know, took a bet on me. And then there's so many times too, where, you know, you're, you're wondering if you're going to get this loan and then they approve you. 
And, and that's a level of imposter syndrome. I remember the first time asking for seller financing and, and they said yes. And I was like, wow, why would somebody trust me You know, to, to do this? I'm pretty new at investing in real estate. And there's all these things. And so if you look around you, you're probably already, you know, if you just pause right now, you're probably already seeing areas in your life that are not just walking into a room of experts feeling like a fraud. There's so many times when we think we're not going to get approved or we think we're not qualified or, um, you know, we think that, why would I get invited to this dinner or how the heck did I get at this table? And the reality is it's our gifts, it's our superpowers that are the hardest for us to see those primary gifts because they're so natural to us. I've said this forever and it doesn't make sense unless we're talking in context like this. When we don't know how amazing we are because we're us. We spend all of this time in our own head, dealing with our own self-doubt, dealing with that imposter syndrome, knowing all of our you know, shortcomings, weaknesses, the evil thoughts that we have in our head. And it really causes us to get beat down. The world does a good enough job of beating us down anyway. And then we've got comparison with social media and we've got comparison with other people. And we're like, you know, why would anybody pick me at this bid table? You know, back to young Mike as a young entrepreneur. And I remember even when I first started raising capital, first it started out with, you know, borrowing private money. And then it went to like getting approved for loans. And you're just like celebrating. You can't believe that you got that $100,000 loan or a million dollar loan. When it gets to a $10 million loan or a $100 million loan, I haven't had a $100 million loan yet, but I'm sure it's going to be the same feeling. You just always think that, you know, they're not going to choose you. They're not going to say yes. And the reality is it's, it's that superpower. It's what we have to offer that again is the hardest for us to see, but it's what makes us amazing. And so coming back to, you know, raising capital when I, when we first launched a, um, it wasn't a fund, it was our first syndication and you know, you're raising like $2 million and you're on phone calls with investors and you know, you're just, sitting there like wondering who's going to invest and people start investing and you're like, wow. And as soon as you get that first investment, it gets easier. And it's weird to me, like why, when you get your first speaking engagement, then do more and more and more come? Is it because you've added credibility? Maybe, but also I feel like it's, you've broke the barrier in your own limiting belief, whether it's about raising capital, whether it's about speaking, whether it's about getting that first client, when you break that barrier of your own doubt and unbelief, it does something to us in our confidence and in our subconscious. And I truly believe that we start showing up a different way. And so I mentioned the hero's journey. And again, shoot me a text at 480-531-7519. Just tell me you want the hero's journey or type the word hero. I'll get it over to you. And the reason why this is so important is because we have to reframe ourselves. Just like that energy, why is it that when you get that first sell or that first investor, more and more people start showing up? I've been raising capital for a while now and it just gets easier and easier because um, obviously we get better. And as we get better, things are easier, but really I think it's the energy around it. When we start believing in ourselves, number one, and then our business, number two, or that, you know, investment that you're raising capital for, or, you know, that house that you need two or three investors to loan you some private money for, whatever it is, when you start believing in yourself more, then you start believing in your investment more or your product or your business or whatever it is, your coaching, and then you show up with a different energy. And that's why this hero's journey is so important because we literally have to see ourselves in a different way. And so what qualifies you to be in the room? How did you get in there? Somebody invited you. 
that was the qualification. I remember hearing this at the recent GoBundance event, event and GoBundance has obviously grown a lot. And, you know, there's a bunch of guys that are like, man, I just know so many of the people in the room that are, you know, worth a hundred million, 50 million, 30 million doing all these big things. I hear, you know, everybody on these podcasts and, um, you know, I've met some of these guys and they're like, Mike, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And they're like, I don't feel like I belong in the room. And the question that I ask is like, what is the qualification to get in the room and go abundance? It just happens to be, you have to have a net worth of $2 million. And if you have that, then you're qualified to be in the room. So even if you're the guy in GoAbundance that has a $2 million net worth and you're the lowest guy on the totem pole, you qualify to be in the room. So whatever it is that qualifies you to be there, it could just be an invite to the dinner. It could be somebody saying, hey, I want you to come speak on my stage. Sometimes I get invited to you know, speak to mastermind groups or whatever and we're like, who, me? Because yeah, again, it just never ends. But the reality is, If somebody invites you to do something, then you qualify. If you're invited to be in a room, you qualify. If you're invited to be at a dinner, you qualify. And so we just have to own it. And here's the thing that's really important. The reason why you're in the room is because of who you are already. And when we try to put this fake facade up and we try to be somebody that we're not, and we try to, it just shows. It shows through an ego. It shows through in trying too hard. What we need to do is just be ourselves. And here's the reality. If you just show up as your true authentic self and you don't get invited back, it's not the room for you anyway, which means you either need to go work on yourself or it's not a place that you want to be. And a lot of times it's probably the latter, probably not a place you want to be. But the reality is even if you need to go work on something in yourself, just go do it. This is a never ending evolving process. And so, you know, whether you're raising capital like I do, or whether, you know, you're in a coaching business or whatever it is, you're trying to build a personal brand, you want to launch a podcast. Why would anybody listen to my podcast? We have to come down to the fact that, and the podcast is a great example, because I've said this so many times, there's podcasts that have a million downloads a month, which is crazy. But if you put together a dinner or an event where you were going to speak and 10 people showed up, would you still speak at that event? And I think the answer to that is yes, 20 people, 30 people, whatever the number is. But yeah, when it comes to a podcast, we're like, oh, I'm only getting, you know, 10 downloads a week or 50 downloads a week or whatever the number is. Well, you have to start somewhere. Tony Robbins didn't start speaking to a room of 30,000 people. He started, you know, having these little small meetups and talking to -to one-to-one. And the reality is, if you could just change and impact one life, you would probably do it. But when we start thinking about podcasts or whatever it is that we really want to get moving on, you know, we want to see again, 30,000 people or 20,000 downloads a month or whatever the number is. By the way, it's great to have goals because we all want to grow our reach. But the reality is we've got to start somewhere. And so why would someone listen to you? Why would somebody raise, you know, invest in capital with Mike or John or, you know, replace John with your name? Why would somebody buy your coaching program? Why would somebody listen to your podcast when Tony Robbins has a podcast and Alex Hermosi has a podcast or Alex Hermosi has a coaching program? Well, here's the thing, and I'm gonna sum it up with this. People need people that they can relate to. So yes, we need some Tony Robbins in our life that have a huge track record and are gonna inspire and change us, but we also need people that are just a few steps ahead of us because we can't relate to... I get glimpses of me being like Tony Robbins, not 
actually Tony Robbins, but I get glimpses of me, you know, being great and, and speaking on bigger stages, et cetera. But the reality is I'm not going to go from speaking on stages of a hundred people to speaking on stages of 30,000 or 50,000 or a hundred thousand. So same thing with coaches, like people, people don't relate to, you know, the hundred thousand dollar coach or the $500,000 coach. They have to start with somebody who's, you know, just a, a ways ahead of them that they can relate to. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible talks about, you know, going from faith to faith and glory to glory. What does that mean? You can't just go from faith level one to faith level 52. You have to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And it's the same thing with people on their evolution, you know, whether it's learning to raise capital, whether it's learning to run a business, whether it's learning to speak, it doesn't matter. We have to go in levels. And so that's why people would listen to you. And again, they need a Tony Robbins in their life, but they also need you. It's hard for someone who has a net worth of $500,000 to see themselves in the shoes of somebody like David Osborne, you know, worth 200 million or, you know, somebody that's worth a billion or multi-billion. Um, now, again, David Osborne inspires the heck out of me and he teaches me a lot. But when I was worth, you know, uh, say $5 million or whatever, when I first joined GoBundance, and then, um, you know, you're talking to a David Osborne that's worth 200 million, I can learn a ton from David Osborne, but I also need to simultaneously learn from people that are, you know, just a little bit ahead, double my net worth, triple, that are making moves that are kind of along the way. And when you talk to somebody like David, David is really great at breaking this down. In fact, one of my favorite books is The Miracle Morning for Millionaires because David David hasn't forgotten where he came from and he breaks it down into simple steps um, and he can still tell you how he got to his net worth. But sometimes you talk to somebody that's worth three billion or five billion or whatever and it's really hard to connect the dots from a million dollars of net worth to a billion dollars of net worth. And so, yes, we need those people in our life that are worth a billion speaking into us and inspiring us, but we also need people showing us the way. So we can be inspired by them, but we need to learn from people who are just a few steps ahead of us as well. And so to sum this up, again, if you feel like you're a fraud in a room full of experts, you go to, you know, some kind of conference that's, by the way, I, I feel this way all the time. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by some kids that are like freaking 25 years old that, you know, have accomplished double what I have. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm so far behind. And, you know, I, I just don't even want to talk at this table. And we go through all of these things and it just never ends. And so I want to just share some grace with you. Um, you know, as you know, I'm raising capital and it's like, I'm surrounded by people that have raised a billion dollars of capital and, and I'm like, haven't hit a hundred million yet, you know, and you're just kind of like, wow. But the reality is everybody's on their own journey. We need to stop comparing ourselves. And I just wanted to give you some grace because when we compare ourselves to other people, it's one thing to be inspired by other people. It's another thing to be comparing ourselves with them. And you shouldn't anyway, because it's, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not, you know, Ken McElroy, who's raised billions of dollars. I'm Mike. I'm Mike Ayala. I'm not, you know, I don't know who, who has a huge podcast that, you know, million downloads, but I'm not the all-in-one podcast. I'm the Investing for Freedom podcast. And so, again, just some grace to you. I want you to realize that we all deal with this, but we need to stop the comparison. We need to stop the imposter syndrome. And we need to just start asking ourselves, what are my gifts? And again, what our superpower is, 
what our primary gifting is, it's also our blind spot because it's so ingrained in us and we're so natural to us that a lot of times we don't feel like it's special and we don't feel like it's a gift. So hopefully that helps you. Um, welcome to the club <laughs> of imposter syndrome, but we've got to break free from this. And as a side note, I have a private community called Investing for Freedom Elite. I would love to have you join that. It's $199 a month. And we do Ask Mike Anythings almost every week where you can come on, ask me any questions you want. We talk through a lot of different things. It's in a private community off of Facebook, off of Instagram. It's just amazing. I bring in speakers on many different topics, but there's nothing like being in a community of guys that are open, honest, raw, and transparent about their shortcomings and their feelings because we all feel this stuff Sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. And we need to make sure that we're surrounded in communities of people that can, you know, grab us, shake us, and let us know that it's going to be okay. So if you're interested in joining the elite community, it's month to month. It's $199 a month. But if you don't love it, you can quit at any time. In fact, if you hate it, I'll give you your money back. So text the word elite to 480-531-7519, or you can sign up at freedomelite.co. Hope to see you in the Freedom Elite community. And let's drop the imposter syndrome and let's start moving toward our true superpowers, our true gifts, and realize that those gifts are not for you. They're for someone else. And you're cheating them by not getting over yourself. Ego is in the way. We need to move toward our true gifting and calling. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.